is Unexpected with Hannah Love. In this podcast, you will gain a new perspective of how God loves you enough to call you to things that you couldn't have imagined for yourself. Hello, everyone. If you are tuning in to today's episode, it is a part two from a conversation with my own sweet husband, Shay Mooney. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, you may want to go back for a listen before continuing on because we do give a lot of context before diving into the second half of our story. Within this episode and really within our story, we cover everything ranging from the early years of marriage to babies and careers and finding what joy really means in all of it. We laugh and we cry as we reminisce on the years of lessons and the seasons of growth that God has taken us through up to this point. I hope that you'll enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed sharing. Here is part two. Every single moment that I look back in these kind of checkpoints of my life of being like, oh yeah, that was a life changer. Oh yeah, that was a life changer. Oh yeah, that changed everything. Every one of those moments were so blatantly unobvious and it was so blatantly God doing this, you know, and it was the most unexpected moments. I mean, walking into a house party, meeting Dan, I mean, honestly, getting to Pittsburgh was an insane. Uh, the only reason I'm going to tell this backstory is because this is perfectly aligns with unexpected. The only reason that we went to that ministry school, let me take you through the sequence of events that that happened. So I was about 17 and I had, had won that singing competition and we were going to visit schools. And so I went up to some like youth conference to go check out this school and Gabby came with me. And at the time, Gabby and I were not very close, and she was doing a rock band. She was kind of doing her own thing. It wasn't really paying attention whatsoever to God. Didn't like was kind of running from any kind of calling. So we get up to this this ministry, and during worship, we were sitting there, and Gabby, I think she was feeling this is her words, not mine. She was feeling really convicted, so she walked out to the hallway. <laughs> it was like I'm gonna get out of here, and. She walked around the corner, and the first person she she saw was like, "Hey, what's up? What's up?" And just like said hi, and it was this guy named Billy Chester. I don't know how I remembered his name. <laughs> I haven't seen him in ten years, but he walked up to Gabby and was like, "Hey," gave her a pamphlet and like, "You should check this out." And out of nowhere, Gabby just like radically gets called to this place and was like, wakes up one morning and was like, "God told me to go to this ministry school," and it was just like what are you talking about? You are going to ministry school. This is insane. And so we got back, you know, from this trip and that happened like the next morning. She was like, I'm going to this ministry school. And I literally, for whatever reason, like very confidently was just like, yeah, I'll go too. I'm going with <laughs> I'm gonna you. I'm going to go with you. And so just the fact that she walked out of there, that's, she saw that and got the pamphlet. So long story short, we end up going to Pittsburgh together. And that is where I met, Gabby actually met a backup dancer for T-Pain. And that's how that whole thing kind of started to spin its its web and kind of making my journey to Nashville was literally off of one of those moments of Gabby just being like, I'm going to go to ministry school. Yeah, and I was and like, it wasn't like sure. a little thing. And, no, it wasn't and I a would, little moment. Maybe I'll have her on one of these days because I love to hear her tell this story because yeah. there's so much in it. And I think that all of us in our own way, I say all of us, the Mooney siblings, I call myself one now. I've grafted <laughs> in. You are, you've been grafted. Um, but I think all of us at some point or other have run from a calling Yeah. that God has obviously put on us, yeah. even if we aren't aware of it. So anyway. Yes. You know, going back to your point, I think that I'm just a big advocate and, and believer in prayer and, you know, generational 
wisdom that is passed down and just these, you know, these roots that are kind of dug into the ground. I mean, so deeply, both in both of our families, it's not just my parents or your parents, it's our grandparents and it's their parents. You know, it's, it's so deeply rooted in, in my family. And I just think that, you know, I'm such a big proponent of that, of, of having, obviously, you know, things happen unexpectedly, but I also think that, you know, you have to put yourself in those positions in order for God to to do something Well, it's crazy. that position of obedience. Yes. But also being just around. I, I think about people that, you know, want to make it in the music industry. It's like you can't even begin to think about that unless you're here and you are present. You have to be present to win. And I just think that, you know, showing up sometimes, that's whenever God can do some of the most unexpected things, just being there and being present. You know, you, you have to be there. And that's, a I guess, advice that I would give to young people moving to Nashville. We'll just take that piece and move it over there to an hour ago when we were talking about advice for young yeah. people. <laughs> but I, I think that you, you have to be present, you know, in order for God to do some of these unexpected things. But it does amaze me, though, because I look back and, you know, having Asher changed everything for us. It was a couple really hard years. It was. It we was, didn't get to have the honeymoon phase. There I mean, was we, none of that. Yeah. I mean, you have to think we dated long distance for a year. Yeah. Got pregnant. And then I, you know, declare to you that I will not move without a commitment, <laughs> even though <laughs> you'd already asked dad's blessing and I had a baby in my belly. I was like, I'm not moving. And it was a whole thing. And I was very mad and upset. And again, that was a whole season of just of a lot for me personally. But we did. And I like I announced this last year, but and we're about to have actually our next anniversary our first anniversary because the day <laughs> that you proposed we got married the same day yeah. um but after we got married i moved to nashville we bought our first house i quit my job i left my family and my friends i was pregnant i was 25 years old you were on the road over 200 shows that year yeah and then more of those days were gone traveling and so that was a season yeah. of just trying to keep my head in a severe depression Yeah, for me. I mean, they talk about postpartum depression a lot, but there's like, I guess, prenatal depression. And so I had that and you were gone. And then the whole wrestling for you, I think. I didn't want it, to be at that point. I got scared at of that being point, you, at that point, losing my youth, I you, think. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. You went through, and you're a year younger than I am. So I was 25, you were 24, and your career is starting to really pick up. Yeah. And then here you are with a wife and about to be a newborn at home, and you felt trapped, right? Yeah. Thinking about how young I was, first of all, I can't believe how old I am now. <laughs> it's <laughs> devastating. But- you know, thinking about being 24 and going through all this, I think that at 24 at that point, I thought that I kind of had it together. I thought I was like mature. I was so wrong. Oh. You know, I mean, I look back and I'm, I was so dumb. And I just think that at that point, I was starting to feel like I was trapped is, is the wrong word. I think I didn't necessarily feel trapped, but I, I felt like I was grasping on to what remained of my early 20s right? and not well, getting it, it to was, go out with my friends. And, I, w I would consider it a really rebellious yeah. season Yeah, it, because it was like you resented the fact that you had 
a wife and you're about to have a baby or you had a newborn baby and that you were young and that everyone else around you was single and that your career is doing what it's doing. And when you came home, you wanted to go hang with your friends. And it was just, it was a lot, even for someone who is in a normal nine to five career, but it is exponentially different for someone who is in a career where everything really, and I don't mean this in a bad way, is about you. Yeah. Right? And so it just magnified the kind of the unfairness of your situation. Yeah. The poor me. Yeah. You know, situation. Because it was like, if I didn't have a wife and kids, like I'd be out there killing it. Right. Getting to play golden tea every night. You every, know? Night. <laughs> every night. And tin roof. Yeah. As, I, as I was doing Which every you were night. doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a... Uh, that was a very rough season, I know, for you. But it was it was a rough season for for both of us. That it we was. both kind of struggle with our own, you know, our own demons. But it's it, looking back on that now, though. It's like imagine if that didn't all happen, and imagine if we didn't get to learn those lessons. Yeah, but there is something in that season that I do want to point out, and mm. you might squirm a little bit, so you can you can shut me down if you want to. But I do want to talk about the importance of the company that you keep yeah and also that's when i started praying every night and i didn't know what i was asking for but i prayed for wisdom and discernment yeah and really i mean that's that's really when my relationship with god took off was in that you know the deepest depression depression (laughs) deepest valley. because i had i really i felt like i had nothing else yeah I felt like I didn't have a husband I could depend on. Sorry. You talking about somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 that, yeah that, no, my other husband. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I just, I felt like I could only count on God. And so I'm really thankful for that. And that's when I started asking and having like a real, real conversation, like a real relationship with God. And I kind of drug your parents into it a little bit, not your parents, but your mom. I was very honest with her about some of the things I was struggling with, and they prayed. I mean, they prayed over yeah. us, and because there was a there was a moment there that it was like there was a moment, and and I'm gonna say it in I guess the gentlest way I can, but it was probably the lowest point, and you really were far from me in my heart, and I felt like you were far from God, yeah, and I felt like you were choosing, like purposefully choosing a life that was different than what I knew we were supposed to have. And that hurt. And part of that we've, you know, kind of found later was in the company that you were keeping. And, and I kind of, could have been people you were keeping around too. We don't know. We're not going to the specifics, but yeah, it's the only person (laughs) I knew. So, so he was a bad influence on you. (laughs) And so I think, I kind of, for the first time in my adult life, which I've, I've, I'm a nine on the Enneagram, so I'm a very quiet, like I never like to ruffle the any feathers, but I finally kind of put my foot down and was like, hey, I can't control a lot. I can't control really anything outside of our house. Can't make decisions for you, but this is what I can do. And this is what I will do for us, for our baby. And like, I love you. And I'm praying for you, but some of the people that you're around, they are not allowed in our house. They are not allowed around our kids. And there's there's really nothing else I can do outside of be a good wife and a be a good mom and to lead our baby in Christ the best way I can while you're figuring it out. 
Yeah. You laid the hammer down. But and at that, that point, it but was, a gentle hammer. It was a, well, it wasn't as gentle as <laughs> it was perfectly placed hammer. And I needed that kick in the pants to really kind of make some decisions for myself, you know, of, of in those moments where we were both at our lowest. I mean, I just think that there were so many things I was struggling with of just being like, I don't know if I can do this or if I even like deserve to be a dad like this, you know, not that I ever thought of leaving Asher you know, out of my life or anything like that. But it was well, just that's something else like divorce was never, yeah, it was in, never the cards in the cards either. Yeah. I mean, both of us were like, divorce is not an option. So no. something's going to get Yeah. We're like, well, what do we point. do? We kill each other. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to happen. But those are the moments though, that I, that I look back and I'm so in a weird way, I'm very thankful for them, which is a weird thing to say. It sucked. It was a horrible thing to have to go through. But some of the lowest times now, you watch God turn them into good things. Good things. Those are hard lessons to learn. And human beings make mistakes, and they're very stupid. And that's very evident throughout the Bible. That you know, they're just always doing dumb things. You know, I mean, David was. I mean, what an idiot. You know, doing some <laughs> horrible things. But he's a man after God's own heart. And why is that? It's because his humility and the way that he his relationship with God, you know, in his heart. And that's one thing I always, you know, I think I got from my mom, no matter how far I ever got from God, I it could never get to that lowest. I, I needed to kind of get toward the bottom to really realize that, yeah, okay, I've got to get it together. But I always had it in me where I was like, I know where I need to be. I mean, you kind of mentioned that earlier of when I was in Atlanta, I was like, I know I have to make it to Nashville. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I knew that you were the person that I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And I would think I was really struggling with that because me as a seven, I'm the adventurer. And I'm like, well, what if, what if like this isn't, what if I, I could be out there doing whatever I want to do? It was never like, what if she's not the right girl? What if there's another person out there for me? It was never that. It was just, I felt like I was losing my freedoms, which was so stupid because now, you know, in our relationship, our life is incredible. We get to hang out with the two sweetest, most incredible little boys and my most amazing wife and what God had waiting kind of in the wings for us was so much better than what I could have imagined doing as a single guy. Like, what would I do? I'd be golfing every day, you know, and 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 there's no fulfillment. You know, what I've gotten from being a dad and being a husband is so much more fulfilling. Finding your joy. Yes. I'll circle back to that because that's kind of where I started the most important lesson that I had to learn, and it was a hard one in moments, but knowing that I do not find my joy in what I do, I, I love what I do, but my true joy and my true happiness is with you three, you know, and being with you guys and being in a place with God that I find peace and knowing that that's where I get it from. And I had a very real like human moment. It was during COVID. And I'm probably going to cry when I say this, so I'm just going to say that out loud (laughs) so I can prepare myself. But I remember I had this moment, and it was a game changer for me because we were kind of in this time, like before COVID, that our career was just exploding. I mean, we had just won like our third Grammy, and we won every award that you could possibly win that year. That was when Tequila and Speechless had come out. And we were on top of the world. We had just sold out an arena tour, and we got two shows in, three shows in, did two shows in Nashville at Bridgestone and it got canceled. And it was like, well, crap, (laughs) what do we do now? And that was a very depressed state that I got in during that moment. 
because it was like, will I ever get to do this ever again? And this is what I've kind of found as my identity is being a singer, being in the, you know, I, that's my, had been my whole life up to that point. And I was just like, what am I going to do now? Like, is this ever going to come back? I didn't know if it was ever going to come back. And then you had this whole political climate that kind of, you know, started after that of like, you know, all right, vaccine, no vaccine, you're a murderer if you don't get it. You, you know, this is all these things, these narratives that were being pushed was terrifying to me. And I, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> and so I. Meanwhile, we have a newborn. Meanwhile, we have another newborn that was born two weeks before those first shows and right before COVID. And it was just a very scary time, like in the world. But in the midst of all of that, I think we were probably kind of getting on the other side of like, you know, the full on lockdowns. It was like the first, you know, maybe three weeks or so after uh, after everything yeah, shut probably down. Probably six months. Okay. Well, I don't, I'm not good with time. So you might it have to help just, me with that. Yeah. Whenever it was, it was right in the midst of we were at home, you know, nothing was really open. And I sat down. And on my side, guys, I was thriving because I was. She was killing it. Absolutely I was a it. nine. I was at home for the first time with my whole family. My <laughs> husband was not gone. We had a newborn and a three-year-old. And for the first time in my life, I felt like our family was all together and was able to spend the time together and that it was a gift for us. Yeah. And my husband was just the most depressed that he had ever been. <laughs> and it was, I mean, that was really hard for me. It was hard for me to see you like that. And selfishly, it was hard because I was like, are we not enough? Yeah. Like, this should be enough for you. Yeah. I hated, you know, knowing that you felt that way was tough because it was, but it, it's yet to think like that's all I had known to that point a massive chunk of who I identified as was then ripped right at the peak. It was like right on the mountaintop and then just someone just kicks you right off of the mountain. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, dang it. But the all this being said, the reason what I had to learn was that was not who I was. And Asher at the time was probably, I guess, three. three. And uh, I had this very human moment where I was sitting on the couch and I was looking up at the mantle and we had had two of the Grammys were sitting up there on like either side of the TV. I don't know where they came from, but they were, they were up there for some reason. And I just had this moment where Asher ran by and he said, don't get my tickles, daddy. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a, a moment that I will never forget because I looked up at that Grammy and I, was so thankful that that was not what I was chasing. And it was just a, it wrecked me. I mean, I, every time I think about it, I, I cry because it was such a revelation to me of like, oh, <laughs> got it. And uh, it was just a very life-changing thing for me because then I realized like, I don't need all of this other stuff. I love it. I love doing it. And I was put on this earth to do that. But if it all went away tomorrow, I'd be okay. And that's about as, as much as I can get through right now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a that was a big lesson that I had to learn. And I think a lot of things started kind of coming together. And I think I started to kind of surrender a little bit after that. Yeah. Of just being like, okay. I mean, I, a lot I have of things to, came together after yeah. that. I, I remember praying. I mean, praying desperately, God, send men into Shay's life. Because I think, too, in this world, in this city, something that is kind of hard to find is like-minded 
people. And, and I know that that sounds strange because Nashville is such a community and there is such a presence of the church here. Yeah, but there's such a pursuit. But, but of, there's also a pursuit of, of, of things. Of the things and of the social media fame people and yeah, this fame. industry and success. You know, in whatever whatever category that is for you. Yeah. And so for me, and I didn't even pray this for me, which is shocking because I didn't have a group of women, but I remember struggling thinking, I can't really be a part of a church group here because nobody else understands what it's like to be the wife of a touring artist and also like just I really not to be ugly, but I don't care about any of that. I mean, you know, I'm a social liability when we go to award shows because I'm just like, what do they sing again? And that is terrible. You, you don't know who anyone is, but which I is the just, funnest thing ever. And it's not that I don't respect people and admire people, but I don't care what awards you win. And I don't care what your name is. And I don't, I don't care. I care about who people are, like what's in their heart, what they bring to the table as a human and as a child of God. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of, for me, where I have found my tension of, okay, where do I find other like-minded people? But instead of praying for me for like-minded people, I was praying for you. And I was like, okay, God, <laughs> send men into my husband's life that he respects. Send men who he can relate to, he can look up to, but they know that you are their priority. That Shay knows that you, God, are their priority even in the midst of all their success here on earth. Yeah, that was the another very unexpected thing that happened. I was coming back. This was probably, what, two days after you had prayed this? It was a week after. A week I'd after. been praying really hard for a week. Yeah, so I get back off the road, and I get back a little early, and I didn't tell you I was going to surprise you. And and I, had, I didn't tell you that I was going to go to the early service. You didn't tell me you were going to the early service, so as I'm pulling in— same time you were leaving, and I was like, what the heck is she doing? And <laughs> like, I was like, we're going to early service so we could see you when you get home. Get yeah. in. And so I I, I ran in and, and changed, and we were too late to make the early service in Nolansville, where we were going to church. Yeah. And we ended up going to the other campus of our, of our church. And that was a very crazy, unexpected thing that happened because we were like, you know, we walk in the door, and we're already not even supposed to be here you know and we were yeah. supposed to be going to the early not service not a soul not, just not, totally empty there was nobody in the hallway which is now that i look back on it thinking about how busy wild. it is that is a, a wild thing because there's always like 50 people in the concourse right there more than 50 more than 50 and i i walked in and the first person that i see is carrie underwood and i'm like well we know one person yeah. <laughs> you know and i was like well, this is the most nashville thing ever you know you go to church and you see a superstar and so we, we said, hey, and, and I hugged her. And I, I had never met her husband, Mike. And it was literally probably five minutes after that. She invited us to come sit with her. And after church, I met Mike and, and got his number. And that we was- We were in line to pick up the kids. Yes, pick up the kids. And they invited us to, to lunch at their house the next week. And that was just, it was, looking back on it, it was such an impactful moment because Mike became that mentor, that kind of rock for me. And it was like right after you'd prayed for it. And I had not met anyone that was like that in my life up to this point, you and know, that, in Nashville. In that same week, I mean, I really, I've got to write a book because God really hears and God really answers. Yeah. Like above and beyond what we ask. Uh, that, the because very that, next week I met Chris Tomlin. Yeah. You, and, you and, and now, wrote, <laughs> wrote some songs. And you them. wrote with Chris Tomlin. 
and then you became a part of the Bible study group yeah. at church with yeah. some really incredible men. And I was just like, thank you, Jesus. But at the same time, God started sending women yeah. into my life. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it was really humbling for me because I never asked for me. Yeah, I asked for you. And God was like, no, 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 no. You need people too. Yeah, You need community too. And I know that there was a lot of people praying for that, you know, including myself. Of all right, well now Hannah needs what she prayed for me about, you know, and that that was it was such a game changer to have other guys that were knew what it was like to be in this industry, but also like you know Mike is now retired from you know the NHL and and he has way more time. He's not touring, and so he's you know it was, it was a really fun thing for me to have someone who knew what it was like, kind of to be married to someone who does what I do. But it was it was just so funny because Mike is the you of yeah. the relationship, you know, and so you always usually marry someone opposite, and so Mike has just been such he he's like the you, you know, in my life, you know, he's kind of he's probably a nine as well. I don't know what he is, but <laughs> he's he's very patient and calm and and very steady, and I have to have a steady hand in my life because I am a absolute electric circuit of energy or actually call you know i don't know that you know this but i actually call you like the pinball 100 percent. because you know pinball machine it's like ding 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 ding. i'm, I'm a pinball machine if there were not parameters i'm yes. just a, i'm a pinball in the open world yes and i have always said we'll go into a room and i just lose you and i'm just like <laughs> fully panicked yeah. you know becoming a wallflower while you're just being a bouncy ball around the room but i love that, that about you right. you complete me babe Anyway, thank you for sharing all of that. And I wanted you to touch on it because I, I really wanted to double down on the importance of the people that you surround yourself with. Because yeah. in that really bad season, you know, a few years before, you were around people who did not have the same core values. Yeah. You were around people who did not place God at the center of their lives, yeah. of their family's lives. They did not have, even if they said that they had that as their foundation, you know, which yeah. there's a lot of deception out there in the world. And there are a lot of people who go around saying, I'm a Christian, but their actions meet what their mouth is saying. Yeah. You know, it's just 100%. lip service. Yeah. And you can tell them by their fruit. And so something that i would say if i was giving advice to people to young people to really anyone is just that prayer for discernment because i prayed that prayer of discernment and god god showed me yeah and i've since prayed that almost every night for years and i've asked for supernatural discernment of people's spirits and i know that sounds like ooh, that <laughs> sounds like a lot but what i mean by that is I want to know a person's heart. Yeah. And I think that God will show you that if you're asking for that discernment. Yeah. Because there are a lot of times people can choose to, because especially for you in that season, I think I can say this, you kept your eyes closed to it. I think yeah. you knew. Yeah. I think you knew the company you were keeping. At that point, but, I didn't But they really were telling care. you, <laughs> they were telling you, Oh yeah, I go to this church. Oh yeah, I do this. I do this with all these people in these circles. That sounds good, but I think that you knew that their character didn't align with that. And so you can't just ask God for discernment, but you have to be willing to open your eyes to it because yeah. 
sometimes that also means pruning people from your life. Yeah. And that can be uncomfortable and it can be sad. Yeah. You know, because some people, they might be a part of your life like they were old time friends. Yeah. But you also have to understand that as we grow and as our relationship deepens with Christ, some people don't want to go there. Yeah. And some people aren't ready and some people will never choose to go there. It's not to say that we can't love them. For sure. It's okay to love those people, but the the problem is in you, your life, you have to make sure that you are getting filled up more than you are giving out. Because exactly. if you're, you know, when, when I would hang with Mike a lot and I'm, I'm going to these Bible studies, I just found myself, it was easier also to love those people and know that like, you know, whatever it was in their life that was bringing negativity, I was able to give them something rather than me go there be empty and they pour all of their crap onto me you know and so it's important to love those people but it's the most important especially with what both of us do it's important to be continually you know filling yourself up with you know the word and and make sure that before you try to go out and and to pour into somebody else that you yourself are getting filled up you can't pour from an empty cup Exactly. That would have been a better way to put it and a lot shorter, but <laughs> I'm so blown away by what God has done, you know, in our lives and, and through us and the things that we've gotten to do. And it's incredible. And I love, you know, your podcast is so amazing because I feel like unexpected really, it sums up the moments of our lives, of all of our lives, not just you and I, yeah. but it's an incredible thing. And, you know, you tell stories about it all the time on the podcast, but stories in the Bible, most every story that is great that we love in the Bible happened literally out of nowhere. Yeah. One day David's chilling in a field, you know, gets chosen, goes and kills yeah, Goliath. A teenage boy. Teenage boy. Not even and, wearing armor and goes and kills the giant. Yes. And Nehemiah is the cupbearer to the king. Yeah. We don't have to tell the whole story. But I, know, I know, but I'm just <laughs> We're going saying, into David I'm, now. I'm just saying. No, but it's, it's unbelievable. Like the things that you don't know are happening and God's like, yeah, this is going to happen, but you have no idea what I have waiting, you know, in the wings for you. Right. And I, I look now about, you know, looking back is so easy because it's like, oh yeah, that happened. And you, you kind of take it for granted. And it's just like, now that I look back on some of the things that have happened, I'm like, not only were they unexpected, they they were insane that that happened at that particular time. And you kind of chalk it up to coincidence at the time. I don't. But then you look I back. I don't anymore. I, yeah, I don't. I can't anymore because it's just like, oh, of course that would happen. And I almost like laugh sometimes because you'll tell me you're praying for something and then it happens. And I'm like, of course that would, <laughs> of course I was waiting for this to happen. And, you know, I feel like when you're living a life and praying for things, I think you have to be expecting the unexpected and you have to be waiting for that and ready because it's going to happen because it's literally, it's called unexpected. <laughs> They're not going to. You're not going to know when it's happening, but you do have to be prepared for the unexpected because those are the biggest moments that, you know, changed all of our lives and the trajectory, like you were talking about earlier, that completely changed the way that our life went. You know, I don't know where I'd be now, though, if I didn't go through those tough times and and we didn't get married, we didn't meet and didn't have children. I would probably be still playing golden tea at doghouse, you know, with, with my friends, you know. And I'm so thankful that that is not where my life went, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with anybody listening that's down at Doghouse playing Golden <laughs> Tee right now. It's a great game. I don't, I don't think like my to, demographic like to is enjoy there. It. I don't I think, don't they're, think there. they're there. 
it's an amazing thing though to look at where God's taken us and and what He's brought us out of. And, well, and thinking too about what the, like what if that hadn't happened? Like yeah, yeah we, we probably wouldn't be we, together. We talk we talk <laughs> all the time about what if we hadn't had Asher. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I we mean, might not I, be together I, honestly. I, honestly, and I've told you this. I think there was a lot of me that would have gotten cold feet about marrying into this industry, and it's I think a lot. that God was like. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. You got a baby. Yeah. You're doing you go. it. You're do- you know, we're doing and it, it was just kind of like locking it in. And so I just think, you know, unexpected. It was God given. He gave me that. And I saw how universal it was. I saw how timeless it was. And I just see so much hope in it. Yeah. Because I want people to be able to look at their lives and look at those moments as a point of God changed the trajectory. Yeah. I mean, I, the most in, unexpected insta- thing ever of, is that you have a podcast. Right. I know? mean, <laughs> I'm like the most introverted, quiet person ever. And I remember, I mean, I came to you and I was like, Dad, gum it. You know, God has given me this. You were furious. I, when was, you... I wasn't furious. I was just overwhelmed <laughs> because I was like, that's just not. I was like, you're the one that's supposed to be yeah. a voice. Ooh, and I can't wait to tell that story later about yeah. how God told me something about a voice too so absolutely anyway i just i kind of want to tie this up with that final thought of just i hope that whoever's listening is able to view their own story yeah as god working in those unexpected places and not oh my life didn't go the way i thought it was going to go yeah and instead viewing it as my life totally became something unexpected how did god use that or where was god in that because that's his business is working all things to the good yeah and so he will be in it and i think sometimes the fact that you and i have like have the privilege of seeing you know some of the awesome stuff that god has has worked out for us that's just icing on the cake because i think sometimes people go to heaven and their grandchildren will be the ones that see yeah. the fruit of it or, you know, the effects of that decision. We don't we don't always get to see the end result, but I think a lot of times God likes to give us a glimpse into yeah. why he did the thing that he did or how he's turning the yeah. thing that he's turning. Because God doesn't always do the bad things. The bad things that he turns for good are almost never, probably never things that, God has placed you in it's yeah. and maybe it was because maybe he was trying to get you to that rock bottom place definitely it was sometimes I, I, but I think that that is the beauty of of grace and and how the Lord works is most of the time it's us doing something stupid to get us in that place yep. as far as our decisions and things but that's the beauty of of what God can do and I think that it's probably Psalms 91 I, w- I would assume talking about when you're in the the depths I am there and you know on the on the top of the mountain I'm still there and I, I think about that scripture a lot because kind of the analogy earlier of talking about where I, I find my joy and where I find my peace, I always thought about a mountaintop and thinking of it as far as my career goes of where we were at on that mountaintop. And then finally realizing that I had the joy with me the whole time. You know, going to the top of the mountain is icing on the cake. That's great. But wherever I am, it's like, you know, looking around and being like, well, who's with you on the mountain? And knowing that that is the important part of it. It doesn't matter where you're at on the mountain. And finding your your joy and your peace in that that moment and who you're with and like the life that you're living, and it's just it's an amazing thing because I look back on that scripture and I'm like that's kind of a hidden message in there of like wherever you're at it doesn't matter 
if you're in the depths. God is still there in those moments, just like he is on the mountaintop. And I always think about, yes, God is there in, in the depths with us, but his perspective is like all we can see when we're in the valley is the valley. <laughs> we can't see anything. And we're just like, this is the worst part of my life. I'm depressed. I'm, I'm angry. And I don't know where I'm going. And God, the whole time, he's, he's all knowing. He sees everything. And he's like, if you could, because when you look back on your life and you're looking at the low points, it's pretty easy to look back and be like, oh yeah, that sucked pretty bad back there, you know? But when you're back in these in a, in a good place, you're like, oh yeah, it's fine. And God the whole time is like, it's gonna be fine. Even though you can't see around you and you're in this really depressed valley that you're in, just know that God is with you in that time. And not only is he there, but he knows where you're going to be and where he wants to take you. And that's why just finding those moments. And I've heard somebody, I think it might've been Tom Hanks say this in an interview recently, of what he wishes someone would have told him early on in his career. And I just thought it was so great. It has nothing to do with the Bible or anything, but it's a great quote. <laughs> it can be applied. And uh, he said, I wish someone would have told me that this too shall pass. And it's obviously, that's an old, probably uh, Lord of the Rings reference. I'm pretty sure it's in that movie. <laughs> and maybe that's you shall not pass. I don't know. No, baby, I think that's the well, Bible. Well, it's it's, it is the Bible. But talking about those moments of, all right, this is a really hard thing that you're going through right now but this too shall pass. You're in a high, high. You just want a Grammy. You're up there in the clouds. That too shall pass. And I feel like finding that just the even joy and just the everyday, sometimes in your head, mundane things, but the joy in being with your family and having these little moments and little wins. It's not about the highs and it's not about the lows. It's just about finding that peace and that joy and, and knowing that if you're feeling like hot stuff, you know, then that's, you're not going to be that forever, you know, and that it helps you kind of stay humble and in, in those moments. But I think for young people that are moving to town and, and listening to this podcast, whether it's, it doesn't have to be moving to Nashville, but you're doing something scary for the first time, you have to go into it, you know, head first and know that any struggles that you may run into that, that too shall pass. And you have to just keep your head down and, and know that God's got it. But can I point out too that probably the like the centerpiece to all of it is that foundation that we have because I think that there are probably a lot of people in the secular world that recognize that it, it is about you know quote unquote the journey yeah but that peace and that profound purpose and feeling known is in that relationship with Christ. A hundred percent. And yeah. knowing through all of it that we are God's child. Yeah. And that he has put us here with purpose and that he has gifted us with different things, that he has made us each uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully. Yeah. And, you know, this life is just a drop in the bucket of eternity. And what we do with our time here. It yeah, matters. It matters. Yeah. It matters because it's not just about making it to the mountaintop and it's not just about getting through it when we're in the valley. Yeah. But it's about pointing people to Christ wherever we are in that spectrum. Yeah. But that peace, because you don't get the highs and the lows are, are one thing and, and finding joy in that. I think anyone can find some joy by meditating, whatever they do. You know, well, that's not I, necessarily. I don't call that joy i think joy but is a fruit of the a spirit a little bit happiness you know finding what they think is a pretty empty happiness on the surface but you will never have true peace you know in my opinion without jesus yeah because i've and tried a lot of him. other things yeah. you know and it's um 
yeah, it's that's definitely the the main thing that one should take from this uh, very jumbled interview that it, it it's the only thing that got us through. I mean, yeah. you know, if we it, hadn't had that, times, if we had not had our foundation, yeah, we wouldn't. I mean, I can say that with confidence. It wouldn't have been good. Yeah, we wouldn't know where to turn in those moments. Um, and I think that one of the greatest gifts in you know having children too is in seeing how God loves us. Yeah. I mean, I can't even fathom. Like as much as I love our babies, God loves each of us like, like that. that. <laughs> yeah. And so, what a gift. What a gift. Two of them. Two of them. Baby, thank you for coming on today. Oh, you're very welcome. And for being honest and vulnerable. And you know I love it when you cry. That's part of the reason I we'll cut all that out. Because we'll, we won't cut it out. <laughs> it is heart. No, but I, I'm so, I'm very proud of you well, uh, for you. stepping out of your comfort zone and, and doing this podcast. And it's a pretty amazing thing. And I'm I'm just a very proud husband. Well, and I, I love to, part of and I love reason, hearing your voice. You got a good voice. Well, thank you. Part of the reason that I get to do it is because you are such a supporter and always have been of anything that I want to do. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for you in general. I'm thankful for the valleys that we've been through. I'm thankful for the mountains that we will get to and the in-between. And I just pray that from this conversation, people hear and know that the centerpiece is Christ in us and the foundations in Christ that our parents laid for us so that we can lay them for our babies. And that hopefully whoever meets us along the way, I know it's one of my greatest joys when we run into people who have known us from, you know, the time that we started dating and they'll say, I want a marriage like yours. Yeah. And we're like, and we're like Whoo. It's, yeah, yeah. that is a, Careful you what you wish for what there, you're buddy. For. But um <laughs> but to know that people are watching. Yeah. And to know that and again, this is a reason I like to have this podcast and I like to bring light to things because people see us on Instagram and it is the highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And I like to be able to pull back that curtain and say, Whew, like we have gone through a lot to get to where we are. Yeah. And wouldn't have made it through any of it without Christ. Yeah. And so I hope that any of those listening today have found encouragement in that. I hope that they have found encouragement in the season that they're in. If they are new to town, if they are in that muddled place of graduating high school or graduating college and looking for the thing, I really do encourage you to listen to what God is asking and following his spirit and following that next step as unexpected as it may be because in that obedience there will be blessing Mm. and i just really really hope that anyone listening today has found that hope and found that encouragement and if nothing else that they can look at the unexpected in their life and say huh i guess i see how god worked there yeah you know Absolutely. And if you've made it this far on the podcast, good on you. Good on you. This is our two-day series. It's a 24-hour podcast. we might have to break this up into two. No. This is going to be a six-episode series. I'm thankful for you. And I love you so much. I'm thankful that Jesus has seen us through a lot, and he's going to see us through a lot more. That's right. 
We hope you enjoyed this. This is a moon song production. <laughs> moon no, song production. I'm just kidding. No, I love you and, um, and thank you for having me on. And um, yeah, hopefully you guys had some fun with us. I feel like we had a therapy session right in the middle of I that. I know. That was felt really great to to cry with you. I'm 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 okay with it. I'm okay as I a know. man. I should have brought tissues. I should have known to brought tissues. Yeah, no one can see this, but when I started tearing up, Hannah hands me a tissue paper about the size of a quarter. Well, it's because <laughs> I had already like blown my nose on the other half and I didn't want to give you any stuff. Oh, there we go. I love you. I love you. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. Unexpected. Thank you so much for listening today. If this episode has encouraged you, please feel free to share it with your family and friends. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world today, and my hope is that this show is a candle in the dark.